a brief history of numbers says as much about the future as about the past of mathematics. The 13th of July 2021. The edition written by Doran Zelberger. Professor Zelberger is Board of Governors Professor, Distinguished Professor of Mathematics, Rutgers University. He can be reached at doronzilet@gmail.com. The story. Few years ago I read a gripping and very insightful book. A brief history of numbers written by Leo Cory. The blurb in the back cover says that this book should be of interest to anyone interested in the history of mathematics. True. The story of how humankind's conceptions of numbers evolved should be of great interest to anyone who is even remotely interested in history. But as I have go below, it should be of interest to everyone. since everybody should be interested in the future regarding the past cory's great book will tell you among many other things the uphill struggle for legitimation of all those kinds of numbers that we now take for granted how algebra until fairly recently was rhetorical how newton had to resort to using the very inefficient setting synthetic euclidean geometry rather than the much more efficient questionable newfangled cartesian analytic geometry that is based on the very shaky status of algebra all those mental blocks that great minds of the past who were far smarter than us had towards using what to us now seems obvious but don't be so smug and patronizing to past mathematicians in 100 years people will be just as amused at our own mental blocks and not seeing what to future mathematicians would seem obvious for one we still use a semi rhetorical style in communicating our mathematics in 100 years a mathematician will glance say at andrew wiles flt proof and smile at how wordy it is the same way as we smile at cardinal's solution of the cubic The 2116 version of Wiles proof would be more like Gontier's fully automated proof of the Apple-Hakken four-color theorem and probably even more automated. Also, in 100 years, it would be realized that using the Langlands program was a very inefficient route. And there would be a one-line computer, fully elementary proof but with a rather long line that only a computer would be able to verify. I also realized how contingent mathematics is. I really liked the following sentence from the penultimate page number 293 of Cory's book. The increasing predominance of the use of electronic computers in mathematics is a phenomenon that is bound to have long-ranging consequences. Also, on the foundational conceptions of what are numbers and what they should be. In particular, we would realize that all the efforts of Cocky, Weierstrass, Dedekind, and Cantor to just name a few to get a solid and rigorous foundation to calculus and real numbers was a big waste of time. But these guys probably enjoyed it. So we should not feel sorry for them. But we do have to feel sorry for our poor undergraduate and graduate students who have to suffer through these unnecessary foundations. We can backtrack back to the Pythagoreans and refuse to accept the existence of square root of 
qua number more precisely, as a philosopher would say, its ontological status. The only numbers that really exist are rational numbers. And instead of talking about real numbers, for example SQRT2 or pi, we can talk about intervals of rational numbers a, b of as small as we wish size where they are supposed to lie. In fact, that's exactly how people treat real numbers to get rigorous proofs, for example Tom Hill's second generation, formal proof of Kepler's conjecture and it is called interval arithmetic. Also, in a digital computer, to solve differential equations, numerically, one solves discrete finite difference equations. And all one needs is the far simpler discrete analysis where the fundamental theorem of calculus is a triviality. Sn equals at 1 plus plus a n if Sn Sn1 equals a n and S0 equals 0. So the actual history of mathematics that lead to our current mathematics is just one. And most probably not the best possible mathematics out of many virtual histories that could have arisen if humans had different hang-ups. Or the leading mathematicians would have had different personalities and predilections. All the notions of Lebesgue measure, Cantor cardinals, the Baroque theory of existence and uniqueness theorems for partial differential equations, with its hair splitting, angels on a pinhead flower, using Sobolev spaces and whatnot, could have been replaced by a much more enjoyable, constructive, d. Discrete mathematics. To sum up, even if you don't care at all about the past, you should at least care about the future. And, while Corey's book will not tell you anything specific about the future of mathematics, one thing is obvious. We would be the laughingstocks of 23rd century mathematicians. Story ends. Opinions expressed in this article are of the authors.